0: Hey guys, welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. So we are now on step four in this mini series of tips and helping you learn how to step away from tracking and lean in towards mindfully eating. I've explained a million times why I'm doing this, so I'm gonna forego all of that chit chat of me explaining why I think it's important that people learn mindful eating. (laughs) But um, if you haven't, I would strongly encourage you guys to go back to and listen to step one through step three. We talked about the importance of finding maintenance. We talked about the importance of establishing habits around food and even like timing of the day when you eat. The more we can regulate that, guys, the more we can actually begin to understand how food is truly influencing us and we can get better at regulating our our energy levels as well throughout the day. It's fascinating working with people who have been tracking and mindfully eating for years and then they come to me and they, they want to kind of take their fitness to maybe the next level because I help people through all different stages. Like I, I help people who are obese get healthy, healthy get fit fit get shredded. So I work with people through that whole entire scale. And there's things that I just love about each of these stages. I love I think in each of the stage is though there's just like this empowerment. People get excited and they feel so empowered and they feel like they're finally taking back their lives and it's it's so exciting. But anyways, working with those who have been diving more into into nutrition for a while and they go through periods of mindfully eating, periods of tracking. They have a pretty healthy relationship with food. It's always really fascinating too to watch how quick they are to spot how things affect them, how quick they are to say, oh, I I chose this meal and I regretted that because about three hours later, I wasn't just hungry, I was starving. I also noticed that I got a a huge rise in energy, and then I got a crash afterwards i'm I'm not even gonna eat that again, at least not paired the way I did it. Maybe next time I'll have more protein with it. like maybe they're even talking about a donut. I should have had more protein. I noticed that crash, and then I was on my way to the gym, and then I just felt. Crappy at the gym, like low energy at the gym. It's very fascinating as we, you know, find our maintenance and become better at establishing habits around the foods we're eating, um, around the times of day that we're eating, and just get really habitual with that. We start becoming really self aware of how foods are affecting us individually. And that's such a beautiful thing. It really is because then we we know when to make certain trade-offs or we know, like I said about that donut, it's like, well, I can't even eat a half a donut unless I pair it with 30 grams of protein because of what it just does to me. This you know, spike in blood sugar and this crash and then I feel crappy. No, I'm not bringing up blood sugar in that you will get fat. I feel like people need to realize that if you're not diabetic, if you're not pre-diabetic, if you don't have suffer from some level of insulin resistance, rising and falls of blood sugar levels are so normal. And we just, normal people shouldn't worry about those things. But it is pretty cool becoming aware of how it influences the way we feel and then making wise decisions based off of that. So... That was step one and step two. Then step three, I went over the hunger and fullness scale. We need to become better at measuring where we are. I said this during that episode. I said, look, we're really good at measuring extremes. We are really good at measuring when we are starving, right? We're, we're at a zero on that scale or at a one or two, and we are just starving and we're ravenous and, and hangry, right? Well, we shouldn't be getting to that point, right? We're, we're in maintenance. We're learning how to mindfully eat. You don't get there. So make sure you listen to that episode where it talks about the whys of that and wh- how we need to become better. Um, the, we also have the other side of the extreme, right? Where we're so stuffed and, and we feel sick and we've disrespected our bodies. This beautiful gift that we've been given. Um, And we only get one body. We've got to take care of it, guys. So we're really good at reading those extremes. Oh, I'm starving. Oh, I'm so stuffed. But what we need to become really good at, and it comes with time and practice, is staying between like a three and seven on that hunger and fullness scale. So make sure you uh, listen to that episode and make sure that you download that that PDF that actually shows uh, like a little represent- representation of, of my personal skill that I use with clients. Um, anyways, today we are going to be talking now about I, I think this is really important. Are you hungry physically, or are you hungry emotionally? So I'm going to teach you the pause. The pause is crucial. And I hinted towards it in step three with the hunger and fullness scale. But the pause, if you get anything from this series, I hope it's you remember the pause. So when you are about to eat, I want you to pause and ask yourself Am I hungry? physically or am i hungry emotionally you have to give yourself that space and then sit in it for a minute am i really hungry and then when you when you say okay i i, I am i am hungry physically then ask yourself am i sticking to my nutritional like eating schedule that i've established Or am I hungry because I'm not, or my previous meal was too small and I'm eating like a bird? I really want you to pause and think about all of these things because we can learn how to deal with nutrition better by pausing. And that's why I always talk about journaling. When we're going to be learning mindful eating, journaling is critical, right? If you are going to learn how to track macros or calories, how important is the journal that you're keeping that information in? It's pretty important, right? Without the journal, you really wouldn't be know, you really wouldn't know at the end of the day how it's all working together, how it's coming together, how it's not, where it fell apart, right? Journaling through this process is just as equally as important. So, the first thing that you're going to do, if you feel hungry, if you, I should say, if you want to eat, pause, ask yourself, Am I physically hungry or am I emotionally hungry? Now, how can you tell the difference? I think that that's a really great question. Let me explain a few things with physical hunger. Physical hunger comes on gradually, it does. That's why I give you guys that scale because at five, you're neutral. You're not hungry, you're not full. You're just neutral. At four, it's like, hmm, like I'm starting to feel a little bit hungry. Maybe you start thinking about food. Like, okay, in about an hour, I think I'll go here or I think I'll make this. You start thinking about it a little bit more. And then by, by the scale on three, you're like, okay, now I'm hungry. I'm not ravenous and like starving, but now I'm. I'm. This is a solid hunger. Now I'm hungry. I can sit down and eat, and that's such a beautiful place to be at because the likelihood of you overeating at that spot is actually pretty low because you're not coming at it ravenous, where you're going to eat really, really quickly, just grab whatever. And listen to my last episode to kind of go over. It goes over in much more detail the positives about eating when you're at a three. So hunger does, it comes on slowly, it comes on gradually. And it can usually be a little postponed. You know, when it's first starting to come on, it's like, okay, well, I, yeah, probably in an hour or two, then an hour later. Oh, maybe, maybe I should start planning. What am I going to eat? Where am I going to eat? You know, if you're at work or whatnot, you'll start thinking about that. Um, But it, it can usually be postponed. Another thing about physical hunger is when you are actually physically hungry, you can be satisfied with a ton of different food options. This is what, this is what kills me with my kids. My kids will come inside. They'll reach for the cookies and say, "I'm so hungry." And I'll grab them and say, "Then why don't you have an apple?" "I'm not hungry for that." "Well, then you're not really hungry because if you were hungry, then almost anything would actually satisfy you." Almost anything. But I think you're I think you're looking for something else and and I always I shouldn't say always, but I'll I'll bring that up once in a while with my kids, especially when I see that they've been too mentally stimulated. Um, Maybe I have one daughter who too much time in in social settings, uh, she must be an introvert like me, too much time in social settings overwhelms her emotionally and she'll walk in the door and she always wants to eat, but she wants to eat cookies or she wants to play a video game. And me and Alex have been very quick on that. Because we want to help her become more emotionally regulated, and not trying to self-soothe through these other means, we have experience with addiction in our family, and so it's made us hyper aware of that. And um, and so that's a huge thing for us is we want to make sure that our children are. Emotionally getting the nutrition, the nutrients that they need, right? When they're actually craving emotional hunger. So I just went through physical hunger, comes on gradually, can usually be postponed, can be satisfied with many different food options, many different food options. Let's go on to the other side emotional hunger. Emotional hunger usually comes on very suddenly. And it also demands instant satisfaction, and it usually craves a very specific food. Are you seeing now like, oh, that makes sense? Maybe thinking about yourself from an hour ago, oh, maybe I was emotionally hungry, but not so much physically like I thought, right? But this is so important for us to pause first. we have to pause because if there is no pause, then usually afterwards we're like, "Oh, why did I do that?" i wasn 't even hungry so many times i 'll have women. I went through an entire bag of fill in the blank, whatever i don 't want to demonize some kind of food, but they'll I, I went through an entire bag and, and afterwards I sat, sat there and was like, why did I?" do that i wasn't even hungry so i think the takeaway from this is we know what to do when we're physically hungry right so like i said you want to pause in step 3 we talked about rating yourself on the hunger are you only a 4 can you wait until a 3 where you'll be a little bit more hungry right um spacing food A part is really smart because then uh, your energy levels can stay pretty good throughout the day. No, we don't need to eat six or seven or eight meals, tiny little bird meals throughout a day. No, it does not increase our metabolic rate by any means. So we don't need to worry about that. A lot of times people thought it did because, you know, thermic effect of food. And so if you eat a lot throughout the day versus just like four meals, and now we're realizing it actually doesn't matter. It's just the score at the end of the day where we landed. That's really um, what matters as far as, you know, maintenance and fat loss and all of those things go. But it is so important to learn that pause. When you want to eat, pause. Am I actually physically hungry? What have been the signs? Or am I emotionally hungry? And then think through, did it come on suddenly? Hmm. What's going on around me? What's going on around me today? What are some of the stressors in my life? I've had some pretty high stress going. Uh, over the past two weeks, I've kind of been in this very much like a fight. I'm not a flight person. I'm not a fawn. I am fight (laughs) when I get kind of triggered and my body feels like it needs to protect, right? We all have, I wish I was a fawn. (laughs) or I do. I kind of wish I would just, but I'm a Fighter, oh my goodness! And it's not a good thing you guys some of you are like, "Oh, I don't know. there's I guess positives and negatives to all of our reactions, right? I'll just end on that one but but my cortisol levels have been pretty, pretty high. I've definitely been in fight mode, and um, it's interesting because my hunger just even today came on. Very suddenly, and it was very much craving a very, very specific food. And it was a grilled cheese. (laughs) So, anyways, so it just that was it. That's all I wanted. And I would feel good. But here's the problem we cannot fill our emotional bucket with food. It it just doesn't work that way. We need emotional answers to these emotional cravings that we're having. And that's kind of hard, right? It's hard because one, maybe it, we have to face feelings or people, or relationships, or circumstances that we just don't want to face. It would be so much easier to eat the pizza, the whole pizza, or have whatever, fill in the blank, your version of grilled cheese. would <laughs> be. Be so much easier. Not that there's anything wrong with grilled cheese, guys, but it, it is just kind of funny that mine is like grilled cheese, and I will literally like I could eat like three or four of them, but um it's like soul food. But anyway, so that's just something that's really, really important for us to to face is that um we have to start dealing with our emotional cravings. With emotional solutions. That's it. I was reading through this journal of psychology and I thought this was very interesting. There was a doctor that said stress eating is actually an avoidance tactic, it's a way to feel better in the moment without solving anything, it's a way to avoid taking responsibility for emotions in our life. And that really, that really hit me. And I, I wrote that down. I'm going to be sharing more about this in, um, in my course on learning mindful eating. But that one really, really hit me. We have to find emotional solutions to our emotional problems. So let me list through some some things. You know, if if you're stressed, for me going to the gym is a huge one because stress a lot of times for me feels like energy just bottled up and it has to be released. And so going to the gym, um hiking, walking, movement really really helps me, even anxiety too when I get anxious. Um movement really, really helps me. But let me just give you some examples here. So stress, meditating, or breathing exercises, or like I said, taking a walk. Do you know what else, guys, helps me a ton with stress? Taking a nap. And I have actually had conversations with my husband where I finally had to say, this is actually not selfish. This is because I love my family and I want my family to stay together. I need a nap, okay? (laughs) I I really do. So opening ourselves up to the people around us and actually telling them our needs is huge. We got to get out of this mindset of, if they love me, they'll be able to guess my needs. And I found that that is just the biggest fallacy. And it's also an excuse. We need to be big kids and we need to start telling people, these are our needs. I need this. Um, so do it. Take your nap. Loneliness. When we feel lonely. I was shocked. I was in, in church and this woman in my neighborhood who is seriously, not even joking, one of my heroes, the most amazing woman. I look up to her so much and she stood up and starts started telling about when, when she first moved in the neighborhood. And for like a year or two after, she was so lonely. She was so lonely. And I was shocked because I'm like, are you kidding me? Everybody loves her. Everybody does. Like everybody wants to talk to Melanie. She's like the coolest, funniest woman ever. I was blown away. And I was also very sad because there had been many times over the past few years that I had been, I had gotten little ideas of, I just need to Knock on Melanie's door. Oh no, people don't do that anymore. <laughs> we need to like schedule and announce. But I'm one of those people who I'm like, oh, but I just want to knock on her door. Whatever happened to those? I don't know. It's funny. I'm t- a total introverse introvert, but knocking on somebody's door and just talking one on one sounds like I would love that. Um, but anyway, so when our problem is loneliness, we need to reach out. We need to reach out. Food is a really poor friend. (laughs) It really is. I just had this image of me talking to a hamburger. So yep, it's just a poor friend, guys. Don't do it. Reach out. Sadness. Sadness is one of them, but food is not going to be your solution. But maybe making a a list of all the things that you're grateful for. Or maybe even putting on like a, a funny show you can just laugh along with parks and rec is my favorite, (laughs) but boredom. Sometimes we're just bored. Um, I remember identifying this with a client. And as we went through this list and she's like, I think I'm just bored. So (laughs) she decided, No, I'm just going to organize. She's like, she reports to me a few weeks later, my house has never been more organized and my weight's down. (laughs) It was so funny. Um, Anxiety, anxiety. A lot of us, a lot of us deal with anxiety. And we are so scared about telling people, like, will people think less of me? Do you know what I actually think it is? I think a lot of times, People feel uncomfortable with feelings. They and they want to. They want to solve your problem, right? Like they one either they themselves can't just sit in somebody's hurt, heartache, anxiety, sadness, loneliness. It's uncomfortable for them, and so they want to take it away. But oh, but but you know, don't oh don't don't think of it that way. Oh no, you're you're fine. Well, yeah, that didn't really solve the problem. Like you telling him, "Oh, you're fine. Oh, you don't need that," or or whatever, whatever thing. We, I have somebody in my life who, he's very much like that. He's this problem solver. You tell him you're hurt and heartache, don't you worry, I'm gonna take it away. But the the first thing is, you just shouldn't feel that way. Like, but I do. <laughs> so, but you, but you don't need to. You shouldn't. But I do, and actually, this conversation would probably go a lot better if you just like sat in it with me if you, seriously, I have one sister that I love calling, and I hope all of you guys have an Angie in your life. My sister's name's Angie. she is just like this fiery redhead, and I just love her to pieces, but she is one who I know I can call because. She just get. she feels it with me. She will sit in it. She will feel it with me. She'll cry. She'll get angry. She'll like, she will just like match me. And then after we've matched each other in our emotions and we both kind of settle, then she'll be like, so so what are you going to do? And then she just lets me talk through it. and And I just love that. I love that, but I, I do think that a lot of times we're nervous to bring up anxiety or insecurities or whatever, because it those feelings, those, those feelings within us actually make other people feel uncomfortable and they don't want to feel uncomfortable. So they need to solve our problems so that they don't feel uncomfortable. It actually might have very little to do with our comfort, but more of theirs, right? Because somebody, other people are like, no, I'm going to sit in this with you. I'm actually comfortable with feelings. They're not bad. They're not good. It's just information, and we've got to walk through it. We've got to sort through this information. Uh, But pretending they don't exist, you know. So sometimes I'll on Instagram, I'll express um, a hurt or something I'm working through. And I get a ton of beautiful and well intentioned um, advice on you know, cheer up. Don't feel this way. Like, and, and it is so unbelievably well-intentioned. I don't, I don't get, like, I don't think negatively of it, but it's interesting because then once in a while, there's those people that reach out and be like, I am so sorry that you're feeling that way. That is a horrible feeling. My point being, we need to stop hiding. If we're feeling anxious, we've got to reach out. It is so hard to reach out though, but we've got to, we've got to reach out, confide in a friend, spend time with them, or, or maybe it, your pet is the safety in your life, right? Reaching out to a counselor or a therapist, somebody who can really, really help. But I'm just going to say this again, food cannot fill An empty heart. If we are emotionally hungry, the food is not going to fill it. So we've got to start pausing when we're about to eat. Pause. Am I physically hungry or am I emotionally hungry? I really, really, really hope that today this conversation reached somebody. I felt very strongly for a while now that I should do this episode. And so I was excited to tie it into the course that I'm doing. We're going to be talking a little bit more about triggers and spotting them earlier and, and stuff through the course. I'm not a therapist. I've had my own cycle of things in my life where I've learned some great tools from therapy, And my husband has learned amazing tools as well as he's worked through addiction. So I'm actually going to be sharing some of those tools because it goes so hand in hand with we're just, a lot of us are just emotionally wounded and we are reaching out for anything to fill that void and food is not it. And so hopefully some, this, this episode has been helpful. And then also uh, the additional information that I share in the course will be helpful. I just want you guys to know how much I appreciate and love you and how it's been a blessing in my life to surround myself um, with, I know you're strangers, but when you guys reach out to me on Instagram, I feel like I know you. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling. I just really love it. I really, really appreciate each one of you. And then I'm going to end on this note on Monday, on the 18th of September, we are starting a new training program. In I love how I'm ending this like heartfelt conversation with <laughs> new training program, guys. <laughs> but hey, if you want to deal with your emotions the way I do, get to the gym <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's one of the ways that I oh, work through those feelings. So on September 18th, it is the fat loss group. We'll be training four times a week. I have home alternatives, gym uh alternatives, and and then there are some options in there for those of you who would like to include more cardio. And then you have access to the Facebook group as well, where I will give personal feedback on like form reviews. We do nutrition lives where I'll help you set up your nutrition plan. I'm just here to help you find success in your journey. So thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. you guys have a... wonderful week.